0: You ready? You ready for this? Yeah. yeah. Let's let's Are get it. Ready? Let's get action. it. Podcast time. Action. action. <laughs> All right. It is two skinny ties back in action. I'm Trent McGill. That's John Rudder. We've got Tim Mac with us, and if you don't know the name, you're about
1: to love the guy because he's great. I feel like we I feel like we should introduce this with a little return of the Mac also.
0: Oh, nice! Uh, look out for the copyright infringement laws, but uh... <laughs> less than ten, we're safe. All right, so Tim Mack, in two thousand four dominated the Olympics at pole vaulting. He uh, has hey, the Olympic record. He he broke that record. He jumped his personal best. And I met the guy a few uh, several years ago, actually through another friend, and. He, he, I don't know, it's just, it's just getting to know people of that caliber, people, athletes of that caliber, professionals of that caliber, not just physically, but the mental aspect behind what makes them them, what makes them so much better than normal people. Uh, we, we wanted to talk to Tim, so we're, we're excited about that.
1: Yeah, you know, he, he talked a lot about the uh, mental aspect of it, and uh, as, as Trent mentioned, you know, these guys are just wired differently. And um, he talked about mind over matter, uh, he definitely had the physical part down because uh, at 175, he could bench press 300 pounds. He talked about what he had to do to get over the mental hurdles, uh, Which is I absolutely I doing, crazy. Right? I, well, I weigh 175, so that's me benching 300 pounds. Literally me benching 300 pounds. What do you bench? I uh, put up 140. 45 uh four times
0: the other day so playing. you're close so you're close.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: progress it's all about progress so all right take a listen to this guy tim mac he's a stud he's got some awesome stories and it, it just it might change your your thinking
2: on uh you know athletes elite elite athletes of that level I remember like in, in Knoxville, they were like, hey, you want to come do want to come on like before Olympics? It was like in 2016 or 2012. And they're like, hey, we'd love to interview you. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Whatever. What time? And they're like, oh, we need to hear about 430. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, used to always getting my sleep, waking up at 8 p.m. blah blah." And I was like, whoa, this was like a couple of years after I retired. And I was like, anyway, we can do it. Uh, Maybe over here at this place at like seven. <laughs>
0: so are you like regimented are you still I mean I was I assume it's like an Olympic athlete you like had to keep things like to a T everything do you still
2: live that way or um I'm starting to do some things better yeah I'm like I, I got away from a lot of the things but I'm like getting back on track now I'm at home here and I'm working with Spire so so
0: working with Spire that's essentially what is that Tell me what that is
2: well, Spire Institute and Academy, it's, it's actually like a sports academy. So kids can go there, take their classes, and, and they're just finishing the classes on site, bringing in on site um, residences. And that's all going to happen within the next few months. They're also going to build a hotel. That's just, that just okayed. So they're going to be putting a hotel on this premises. And anyway, but for basketball and uh, swimming and track and field, cross country, you can go there, take your classes, and then and then the other half of the day you train within your sport, and you can do it all year round. Like like when I went to school, I was at, I went to Ignatius, you know, we started track in like March and ended in like May or June, but at Spire we can since it's like a sports academy, you can train all year round. So so is that it's an academy? But we also have tons of like. Um, Programs as far as like a swimming camps, swimming clinics. Ryan Lofty is now the he's like a spoke to an ambassador for the swim for the swim team over there, and um, we have a lot of track and field programs and full cool sessions too. So kids like in high school track and field can come out and practice two or three times a week. So it's pretty much your sports um, mecca.
1: Nice. Any didn't one of the
2: balls go there? What's that? Didn't one of the LaMelo oh, yeah, yes, or Lonzo? one of them went there. Yeah, we have, like, I remember somebody saying, like, they had, like, um, they had, in, on Instagram, they had, like, so many um, followers. And then after low I think it was, went there for, like, a year, they, had, they, they increased it by, like, 10,000 followers or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he actually graduated from there, but he, he did go there and play. So that was, i wasn't there at the time
0: but okay
2: so other than um you
0: and you and lochte uh, any other uh like olympic medalists
2: well even um just on at the that time level, no huh? but but we're looking at bringing more in as we go cool it just blows
0: my mind like the level i mean i can't even like when i was in high school and i wrestled i thought i was good but there's a whole nother level <laughs> <laughs> between like high school and college. And like between college and the, and the Olympics and, yeah. and like the elite athletes. So like it just blows my mind that you're that you're kind of spreading that 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 knowledge and I mean the the technique and everything. Tell me about
1: like how was each jump from like yeah you know, high school to college, college to like how how drastic of a jump was it?
2: Well, um when I went to high school, just in, in a nutshell, um, you know, at, at Ignatius, I didn't have even have my school record. And I, and I jumped 13.6. And I wasn't really recruited out of high school. And I, I just kind of like met the coach from Malone College in Canton, Ohio. And they, for some reason, saw something in me. So I went there because a, a friend of mine, actually, Brian Kelly, he um, was jumping 17 feet. And I still keep in touch with him to this day. And I was like, maybe I should go there. Maybe I'll learn something, you know. So I went there and After three years, I jumped like 17.5, and my coach was like, I think you outgrew us here. I think you need to go somewhere else, and I was like, what? Your coach said that? Yeah, like my football coach, I was like, I was his top dog, and he's like, you need to go somewhere else because we were in the gym, and we were like jumping and almost hitting the air conditioner in the the school gym, and we were like running in the snow and vaulting in the snow in the wintertime and chipping ice out of the box where you put the pole and he's like, I think you probably need to go somewhere down south so you can vault all year round. And I'm like, okay. And then I just sent letters out. Tennessee got back to me first. And so I was like, there's three 18 footers there. It was like I was at the top of the I was like like at the top of the mountain at Malone, but I went to Tennessee and then I was like at the bottom of the barrel because there were like three guys jumping eighteen four, one guy jumping nineteen, but I was like I was up to the challenge, you know, I was like, I hey, I think they'll pull me and I'll push them. So I'm gonna go there. And so they let me in they, I won a NCAA championship after two years, jumped 18 there failed at the Olympic trial failed to make the Olympic team in 96. And I was in over my head at that point. I mean, I, I was like, I mean, I really wanted to make the Olympic team, but I was really far off in 1996. But then in 2000, I, I, I had everything planned and I felt great. And I thought like, this was my time. I was 27 years old in my prime and I missed it. And, uh, I missed the Olympic team in 2000 and then uh, it was, the, that was the crossroads. So I had to, I totally pretty much, re, I had to totally changed my entire life. To Tried to make the Olympic team in 2004 and then ended up, you know, going to Olympics and winning, but there's What a- are the,
1: uh, what are the, like the range of emotions that you go through when you, when you reach that point, like you, I mean, you went from missing the Olympic team, which was obviously a, a oh, yeah. huge goal four years later getting, I mean, like, how did you react to that like what's going through your mind
2: what is like well initially what i can say is like at the 2011 trials i was sitting there and i had gotten i had jumped 19 feet that year and it only took you only had to jump 18.5 to make the olympic team and i couldn't even do that
0: only I was
2: sitting there like stunned <laughs> like i was like you know in sacramento heat it's just you know pumping down on me and I was watching the rest of the competition like what am I going to do now I was like this is ridiculous and for like weeks and weeks it just like you know it was like I was personal training at the time a national fitness center down in Knoxville and I was personal training and, but but at the same time I was still thinking like I was taking people through their workouts but I'm like oh my gosh I am totally screwed you know I was like 27 am I going to keep doing this and then over time it wore off a little bit and I was like okay you can either one quit and everybody would be like, hey, you gave it a good try, you know, no big deal. Or two, I can try to do everything possible, you know, and it, it just kind of like was one of those things where I was like, I have to, I have to continue. I like, I can jump, higher. I know I can. And so I turned all the, all the failure and the defeat and the, and um, being at the bottom of the barrel into just trying to see what I can do in order to get better and make the team. And so I had a, I just started getting people around me. And when I started getting positive and and, and trying to get a good uh, group around me, people really want to help. I mean, I was I was very lucky to be at Tennessee at the time because I could use their facility and their training room and their track. And my coach Jim B. Miller was still there, and so he coached me. But um, the thing is, is like I I had to I had to come up with my own training programs because there was not like a book that's like here you go, or it's not like professional football or baseball where you show up and you're like okay this is what you're doing today. I had to like develop everything that I did every single day my coach was there to to watch me vault which was good two times a week but the rest of the time like if I had to do gymnastics I would I would show up and I was like there on my own like okay what am I gonna do and I and I saw my whole workouts but I also had to motivate myself every day and so it's just like a it was like a total it's like a back and forth in your head the whole time of like doubt but yet you got to stay motivated then you then doubt creeps in. Then you got to stay motivated. But it was like that for like four years, you know. Four years.
0: So you you missed it at twenty seven in your prime. So what is that at thirty one?
2: Thirty one. I finally. Yeah. What
0: what's what kind of difference does that take like on your
1: on your body? I mean, you're not, I'm to being quite honest. Forward. I was a What's that? <laughs> I said I'm approaching thirty one right now, so I, I kind of feel a little bit
2: like a failure. Now. Wow. <laughs> No, well, the thing was, is like, I was kind of a late bloomer anyway. And so, and and my body could take a lot of punishment. Like I wasn't super strong or super fast, so I wouldn't really get injured. I would just have wear and tear because I could just mentally wear out workouts. So on my body, it wasn't that big of a deal, but it was just such a slow progress. It just took forever for me to get better and faster and stronger to get to the point where I could jump with the big boys or the 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 best in the world. So, um, it did take a while, and um, the biggest thing though was trying to like develop my mind and my mentality because for four years I also worked with a sports psychologist because um, for one I was to, wanted to make sure I was getting enough sleep, like probably going out a little bit too much, you know, and I was like tired all the time, and I was trying to you know be a professional vaulter, but but I, I saw him initially for that, but then we worked at we worked on um, okay, we'll let's start working on some of your pole vault stuff, and so we started working on that and. Four years before the Olympics, we were already working on how I was going to be walking out into the Olympic Stadium, you know, four years from now. And I'm like, are you kidding me? We're working on this right now? I was like, I'm not even close to being an Olympian. He's like, no, but you got to get ready right now because I was so far away. And, and so the mental part, so for four years also, we were working, not every single day, but we would, we would be talking and he would say, okay, now when you get to Athens, so it was starting to become a like part of me. It was, it was a big, was, the biggest part wasn't so much physical as it was being mentally prepared and preparing my mind mentally to be able to um, put myself in that situation and almost sort of like trick myself into making believe like, oh, I am going to make it, you know?
0: Kind of so, like you belong there. That's, yeah. That's, so that's the cool. biggest
2: part was not so much the toll it took on my body, but it was like more of the mental part over those four years that I had to develop. And luckily I had somebody with me in Joe Whitney. Who was like my, he was kind of like my uh he was like the guy on my shoulder, you know, he was like my conscience. Whenever I'd go into his office, it was like I, I thought I was good. I was like, I don't need to be here, I don't need to be here, I don't need to be here, you know, to myself. And we would start talking, and then all of a sudden I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm so glad I went because I would figure something out about my about a weakness that I didn't know that I had. So the mental part was and I and I and I try to, to I try to tell a lot of young athletes that I coach too. I'm like, look, I'm like a lot of this is physical. Everybody works out. Everybody sort of does a lot of the same things, but how can you get ahead of people without working out, you know? And part of those things are what I preach in my camps and in my uh, high school sessions is like, just the first thing is like goals, like the simplest thing. And it sounds simple. I know you're like, oh my God, it's so easy. Everybody does that, but nobody does that. It's like, see your goal every single day. I mean, that was, that's one major thing. I was like, just write it down, do something, figure it out. And so, um, what I learned from Joe was I had to see my goal every day. And, um, basically what I did was I had a, I had to get an email address in the year 2000. I, you know, I had, I got a new computer and I was like, I need to get a new email address. So I basically got in my, got in my room and I put the light on and I had a pen and paper and I was just jotting down different names and stuff. Like, like I was like, Oh, I need to do something with Athens and the, the Olympics. Like I want I think the biggest goal I could do is win a gold medal. And, I, and I, got, I finally came up with the email gold, the letter N and then Athens at com, And basically I had to type that every single day because it wasn't just automatic, you know, then maybe it wasn't, I didn't know how to do it, but it wasn't just automatic logging. You had to like log in every day. So every day I was like gold in Athens at com, And it's like, I, I cringed every time. Like I I would type it sometimes because I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so far away. but But I knew like, I have to do this. If, it, if this is what it feels like, I can't feel like this four years from now, you know, so.
0: Do you still have that email address?
2: <laughs> well, the thing was, <laughs> so the thing was, I, afterwards, I was, because I was paying for it, and after, like, hey, AOL, I was like, you know, this was my email, this is my story. I was like, you know, what about something, you know, like for the effort, you know, like about, you know, hooking me up with this email for the rest of my life. And they're like, eh, it's, f- it's 4 a month. And I was like, forget it. I was like, come on. Oh
0: man! Um, so uh, back to the the, the whole mentality, um, just uh, oh, yeah. the whole visualizing everything. I read something earlier um, that you were so after the Olympics, it was you and LeBron at like a Cavs game before one of the Cavs games. Um, after like they got his, he got his medal and you got you know your gold. Um, do you have that similar kind of mentality with different athletes of, of your caliber? I mean, how does that? I is think that a so. common and thing? I think-
2: yeah, I think it's it's pretty common because I thought like what I did, I was like thought it was over the top, you know, obsessive over the top. But then you hear things like what LeBron does or you hear things like what Manning did or even the late Kobe Bryant. I'm just kind of like, oh, well, all these guys do all this stuff, too. I was Like and I tell kids, I'm like, look, don't just listen to me. I'm like, I'm telling you my story, but go read up on other people that do great things. I mean, I'm like, everybody does sort of the same thing. You kind of have to, if you want something that's that big, you sort of have to, you, you have to work at it. And like, I was thinking like, man, if only I was like six foot five and like a hundred and some odd pounds, and was really fast. I was like, maybe I could have jumped the world record, you know, <laughs> with that mentality. But then I'm like, well, if I was, would I have that mentality? I mean, it takes a special breed when you're like a LeBron where you're six, two fifty, 250 and you just have that, that work ethic and that mentality, the total package, the Michael Jordan, you know? It's um, these different things. But the good thing is, if you, I, I believe that if you work hard enough and long enough, like it took me to make my first and only Olympic team. So, I mean, I, I try to tell kids like, look, I learned a lot of stuff, I, and I'm telling you a lot of things. And obviously, it's what I did. You don't have to do exactly what I did, but I don't want you to take. I don't want it to take. I don't want it to take you this long. So maybe you can apply some of these things and go read about some other people. Some some positive. Um influences in the world. I mean, it doesn't have to be sports. it could be in any you know profession.
1: Man, that's interesting that you mentioned that about the work too, because I, one of my, one of the my most vivid memories that I have of, of my dad uh, and watching sports, um we were watching a college basketball game and and uh, uh-huh. he was talking uh, I think it was if I could tell I was talking about um, Tyler Hansborough, and he was like, yeah, you see kids, yeah. a perfect example, of what can happen? With a little hard work, and my dad was like, "No, it it all helps that he's six eight and runs like a deer." But <laughs> yeah, your your point, like, you don't. Yes, it helps, but you
2: also have to put in the work as well. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm like, and that's why you're, it's like very special to see somebody like that. And quite honest, there's a lot of athletes that I've read up on, and or I heard stories about, like, um, could be Bo Jackson. it could be a lot of you know, older. Athletes doesn't really matter, but somebody that's like even Michael Phelps, you know, for instance, and then you read something about it, and you're like, and because you, you think like, oh, it's just because he has like i don't know big hands or big feet, I don't know what anything else I'm saying it's like he just has it, but no, I mean, if you read about the guy, I mean he had it, yes, physically, but he also had it mentally, you know, so and I think that gets a little overlooked a lot because people really want to see things get things quick these well i'm now i'm I'm like aging myself but i'm like i'm like the old guy now but now i'm like because i'm like this day and age it's kind of like i feel like people want things very quickly especially because i coach a lot of kids and i can see that and i'm like look sometimes things take time you know i mean and if you want it you'd spend time doing it you know so is there like
1: a point of of like realization where you realize like like i've got the physical part of it like this is real, this is reality if I put my nose to the grindstone and do it I just have to be mentally tough enough to accept that challenge like is there a point that you realize that does it come is that something you look back on and realize like
2: I think over time I had like some physical goals like um, for instance now I'm not just like pumping up my numbers and stuff and trying to make myself a big shot but you know, like 300 pounds was like if I could bench 300, I mean that's the biggest thing. Or in the weight room, if I can stand on this platform and touch the ceiling, I mean there's certain things that took me forever to be able to do. And when I finally did it, I was like, oh my gosh, I think I'm ready to do this. You know, I think yeah. I'm physically ready now. Luckily, I had Joe to kind of like guide me in the way my my sports psychologist just to just to trust things and, and to take and to try to get little things like oh, I benched 300 one time, deal, good job, you know, but it's like that built my confidence. And did, did you really bench 300 pounds? Yeah, I was like 175. It took 30 pounds. <laughs> oh, I like, man. I was going to say, looking at those, oh, those videos,
0: thing. like the uh, the year the Olympic videos of, of, of 2004, you benched 300 pounds. Oh, oh, it's
2: <laughs> a – if you want the workout – It's called the bench assault it's it was a tennessee workout and that thing will get your bench up no no kidding you gotta listen i I mean i did this bench assault for like five or six years you know what i mean it's not like it took like three three months i mean it took me years i was getting my butt kicked by by high school by the college guys you know they were out benching me all all the time and i just couldn't stand it i was like couldn't just couldn't bear to see them bench 225 when I couldn't do it or something. As nice. a, I broke my hand one time in the weight room because I punched the ground because I was so mad. I've, I, I but um, but yeah, it took me years and years, but um, eventually you uh like little things like that and just gave me gave me some uh, some belief in myself and like oh my gosh this stuff is actually working or you get or you win a little competition like in 2001 I won a goodwill games you know and won like 20 grand. me at the time I was like this is like winning the lottery you know I was like I can quit my job I can start training like maybe I do sort of belong in this sport you know because I beat some of the you know I beat like uh uh, like uh the 2000 gold medalist at this 2001 uh goodwill game so I beat some pretty heavy hitters you know I was like maybe I do belong it was almost kind of like you know in high school I never felt like I mean I loved the sport I would, I pretty much stayed in it for the love of the sport. But in high school, it's kind of like I was always just good enough to stay in it, you know. And then in college, I was kind of just good enough to stay in it. And then afterwards, I was just good enough to stay in it. So I never got to that point where I was like, ever got like a big head about it or anything. I was always like, I always kind of sort of acted like my back was up against the wall, which isn't, I mean, it's not the funnest way. and That's why I say to a lot of people, I'm like, well, I mean, it, it wasn't it, like a lot of people like to do it for fun. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that. And people are, and some vultures are like, if it's not fun, I really don't want to do it. Or uh, if it feels like a job. And I was like, well, it sort of is a job. If you want to <laughs> and I was like, of course, I never love to go to work out every day. You know what I mean? I never love to get crushed by, you know, weight in the weight room, you know? But um, it's just part of the deal. And you got to deal with it and move on. So is there. Uh, so I was just gonna
0: piggyback off that the Goodwill Games in two thousand one. Oh yeah. you, can do you have to qualify for that or like if you were at yeah. the end of like your career or whatever in high school or college or whatever? Do you, do you like sign up? How do you? No, you
2: like I are there a bunch actually, of those? I guess no, that was actually the last one, and uh, Ted Turner actually put it on. be like a not like an Olympic Games, but it was on years off years of the olympic games but it's sort of like the same deal you have to have to, you have to qualify and you have to get at least in top three at your national championship that year and that was a big thing i made that national i got second so i qualified for the world championships and i qualified for the goodwill games so that's the biggest thing is like if you can qualify to a major competition then you're kind of in a good spot yeah but then it, it only starts there because then you have, you know, in pole vaulting, there's and in uh, Olympic sports, there's like a preliminary, like the top 40 guys show up. And then you all pole vault until there's like 15 people left. And then they stop the competition and they go, okay, you 15, come back in two days and we're going to have the final. And then you jump for top three. So it's like you, you make it to a world, which is great. Or an Olympic games is the same way. But you have to you have to get through the preliminary or the qualifying round, and then you got to get in the top three. So it's like it's no joke. It's it's pretty tight. So were you? I've never been, I was
1: never going to say. My internet's lagging. Sorry, dude. <laughs> you're no good.
0: Uh, i was just going to say. So while you're doing this, are
2: you and you're making money with that? Are you? Do you have another job? Well, you, at that point. I was just pole vaulting. Like when I won that Goodwill Games, I quit my my personal training gig, and then I could I could train two times a day because when I was personal training, I would train till about three, and then I would you know go to UT. I would change in the in the bathroom like Superman, you know what I mean? Change in the bathroom at UT, get on the track, and then I was like, okay, I can train now for the next few hours, you know, or I'd go lift or whatever. But um, when that Goodwill Games. It was like it was. I was like, Oh my gosh, I can, I can quit my job. So I told him, I was like, sorry, I'm done and now. And then I could train from 10 to 12 in the morning. And then I could train from three to five in the afternoon. And that's when everything like shot up and I got better and better. Cause I could spend more time on that, but just not on training, but it's like, on the cause you have to keep your body. You know, I, I was pretty durable luckily, but I, I, I had to, you know, see a chiropractor once or twice a week. And I had to go see a massage therapist once a week. I had to sit in the ice tub like two or three times a week, you know? like none of that was fun trust me like sitting in that just going oh it's gonna hurt but (laughs) but for me it it was like a a good way to that's what some athletes do to help uh, reduce inflammation in their legs and to kind of it made my legs feel better I didn't know all the science behind it but I just knew that you know to do that so I, went, but training full time was a big deal, and being able to take care of my body full time and eat correctly, and now then and have the money and the means to be able to eat. Because track and field people right out of college, if you're not like one of the top people, it's not easy. I mean, you gotta you gotta work full time for the most part, and train full time until you get to the point where maybe you win, like me, like win a big competition. Then you get invited to Europe and compete all the time. So then you start making, you know. Then you start make, you can start making money doing it. So it was like, started very small, like with Nike. That it was like a grassroots contract in like 2000 or 2001, and it's, I mean, it wasn't much, maybe six or eight thousand in, in in like gear, you know. But I mean, that's like, and that's the one I when I hear about professional athletes, I'm like, I'm like, I I didn't feel sorry for many professional athletes. Let's just put it that way, because I'm like. I'm working my tail off working full time. And you know what, I'm making like one, one hundredth of what you're making. Right and just to keep right going down. mentally, just to keep it That's going. True. You just need to kind of keep it. You had to yeah. stay in the game. Basically. You just had to, if you're not good enough, like right out of college to maybe sign a contract or be invited to big competitions or you know, then you have to grind it out and you have to stay in the game somehow. And luckily I had a lot of good people around me. I mean, Hey, look, I know, I know I put in the time and I, and I grinded it out, but I had tons of good people around me that, that right now I'm like, wow, if I didn't have people, there's no way I could have made it. Like if I did, if I didn't have a sports psychologist, it was going to be like, I was like 0% chance I would have won gold 0%. If I didn't have my coach, Jim B. Miller, zero percent. you know, I can be hundred percent sure about that, you know, but it was a huge team effort. And many people didn't know my goal. My goal was golden Athens and Coach B. Miller knew that goal for four years. And my sports psychologist knew that goal, but nobody else knew it. So when I was asking for help, like from strength training coaches and from uh, gymnastics coaches, I mean, they were basically to me, they were like my, they were my support staff, my, my, my speed coordinators and my strength coordinators, but they were just kind of helping me along the way. They had no clue, you know, that was my goal, but. They were willing to when, help. You won, when you won gold,
1: at what yeah. point did you know that you won and then like what what like what's going on like what's happening are there people in the stadium like what was their reaction,
2: well, here's their reaction. The and again I'll just go through sort of like the and so I made it to the final and that went everything sort of went as planned but the prelimin – like before the competition my coach and I we got together and we we got together and we I had a notebook and he had a notebook and I had everything planned, like what, because you can come in at whatever bar you want to start at in a, in a competition because they have it predetermined what the bar starts at and they just keep it going. And you can, you know, you you, you know what the bars are going to be. And so we predetermined, like, we're going to jump at this bar, this bar, this bar, this bar, this bar. And this is what pole you're going to use. This is what pole you're going to use because you can use different poles. And then I was like, um, and you can move this the crossbar forward and backward too. I don't know if you guys know that, but depending yeah. on, the wind, or how you feel. So um, we had like your standards are going to be at this at this spot in your first jump, this spot on your next on the next bar, this spot on your you know, and you're using pulled a on this bar pole. So we had it all basically everything was planned, you know, and we had the only the only thing was there had to be no wind because the wind if you're a wind in your face that changes everything. But there had to be no wind or at least a bit of a tailwind. So if that was, if that was the case, I mean, I, we, we got together and we were like, there is no plan B. If something else is wrong, I told him, I was like, look, if something doesn't look right, I have two cues and that's it. We're going to work on these two things. That is totally it. If something else goes wrong, it goes wrong. There's no plan B. The wind has to be dead and it has to be a tailwind. So I get to the, we get to the final and the wind is dead. And it was like, perfect. And so the competition goes on and I was jumping well and Toby, the other American was jumping well, but he was ahead of me on misses the whole competition because I missed one time at like 18 feet six or something and he made it. So basically I have one miss. He doesn't have any. So he's ahead of me, the whole competition. If we jump the same, he's going to win based on my one miss. So it keeps going and it goes to 19 four and I make that bar and he makes that bar. And we're still, still at that point, I was behind him. And the bar went to 19.6. And I was, and I jumped before him. I was first, he was second. And he had jumped high that year. He had jumped six meters, which is 19.8. I had only jumped 19.4. So he had already jumped what we were jumping at. He had a better chance of clearing it. And so I was behind on him. I, I went, I took my first jump at 19.6 and I missed. He took his first jump at 19.6. This is Olympic record too, by the way and he missed. I took my second one and I remember I, I went over and I missed and I landed and I just got up and I was like oh my gosh I was like I might get silver which obviously isn't bad getting silver. <laughs> gosh, I might get silver and, and I just start feeling like this feeling in my stomach just I was like this is not good this is not good I started panicking a little bit and that's not what you want to do at that point you know the 70,000 people in the crowd and it's like this was my last ch- shot I had typed golden Athens for four years And that's what knocked me back into like my focus. I was like, dude, wait a minute. Your email was golden Athens for four years, you idiot. You know? so I kind of like got myself back on my cues. And so I walked back after I had two misses and um, Toby missed his second attempt. So now we're down to one miss. We are down to one jump each. This is at the Olympic record. You know, it was my personal best third attempt, last attempt because you get three attempts at each bar. So I, I was just focusing on cues and luckily I'd work with Joe because I was like, I had been in that position thousands of times before in my mind because we had done so much mental imagery and I was like, I was almost forced to focus on just two little things. And for me, it was like my cues and it, the pole vault wise, it was like, make sure I keep my posture and push my arms as hard as I can. And I was just like, that's what you're going to do. You're going to stay up and you're going to push your arms. And I was like, trying to do everything I could to stay in the moment. I had a hat on like this because I didn't want to look at, I didn't want to look at people in the crowd. So I wore my hat really low. So I couldn't see people in the crowd. and did not want to know the gravity of the situation. And so I, um, I went down there. I took my jump. There was like something weird happened right when I jumped off the ground, but my body self corrected and I cleared it. And I just remember going, ah! you know, not, not so much that I cleared it, but it was more that I kind of like conquered the situation. You know, I was able to, I was able to um, come through when, uh, when, when I needed to the most. And then I just remember like going like that and being really fired up. And then I was like, Toby's got one more jump, you idiot. And I was like, because he, if he jumps it, we're in the same position. He's in gold medal position and I have to jump higher than him. So I had to get right back on my cues focus. So I, I laid down, I put my feet up, which is what I usually do to just kind of like get the blood out of my legs. So, cause I, I was like, okay, Toby's going to make this bar crowd's going to go crazy. You're going to jump the next bar and you're going to clear it, you know? And I just kept saying that over and over to myself over and over. And I could see him like, get ready to jump right between my legs. Cause I was at the end of the runway. And he took off to take his last final approach. You know what I mean? And I was like, okay, the crowd's going to go nuts. You know, don't worry about it. You're going to jump the next bar. That's what's going to happen. I mean, it's like a total, like tug of war in your head of like, you know, do I want to watch him? Because I never watched anybody that whole day because I did not want to have a visual of anybody jumping. It was, it was I mean, that's how, that's how crazy it went. If I was <laughs> sipping Gatorade, I was like, you're going to stay up and you're going to hit your arms. If I was tying my shoes, it was, it was not thinking about the gravity of the situation. So so he, he took off and I was like, okay, this is about the time the crowd's going to go nuts. Cause I just kind of know the timing of the vault. And I didn't look at him and I was like, okay, this crowd's going to go nuts. And instead of like the crowd going like, like he made it, it was like, a oh, that was a nice try. And I looked over and I was like, I was like, it didn't sound right. He was supposed to make this bar. So I looked over and he was on the pit and the bar was on the, was on the pit too. And I was like, like, I didn't know, like I was, I put my, like my hands in my pockets kind of like, is this over? What, what's going on here? I was like, what's everybody standing around for? we got a meet to do here you know but I didn't (laughs) didn't want to realize like it was over you know what I mean I was like everybody's coming up to me and they're like great good job and I'm like I'm just like what the heck and they're like good job high five and they're like congratulations and I'm like the whole time thinking like I think all this stuff worked you know like all of those, <laughs> all, all the, all the typing, all those simple things, all the goals, all the work with Joe Whitney, all the practices, all the making my own workouts, all these little things, quotes. I loved quotes. So I had quotes everywhere. And like, I was like, Oh, you know, all these quotes actually like, they actually work, you know, I was like, you know, cause you know, everybody is like, Oh yeah, I love this quote. And I'm like, and I would look at quotes all the time. And I, and I was like, Oh my gosh, I think it actually worked. And then like I gave Toby like a, a man hug and stuff and, I was like well what do I do now and I was like I guess I'm gonna keep jumping and I was like I didn't stop and like sit down and was relieved I, I was just like it, it, it turned into something different than just winning a gold." that's that's the whole that's the whole weird thing about it it turned into like it was about me and the event itself because it got to the point where I was like I wasn't like oh my god I finally won gold that's unbelievable I was just like okay I'm gonna keep jumping here um because I'm not done yet. I, I I still have three attempts. I, I got to miss three times before I'm done. So I walked over to my coach and he knew it too. He was like, listen to this. He's going to say he's going to keep jumping. And I was like, coach, I'm going to keep jumping. He's like, okay. We didn't spend that much time going like, oh my God, it finally came to an end. It was like, it was like, just keep on going with the business. And then when I was, I jumped three times at the next bar and I missed, but it really wasn't like, Oh my gosh! It was like I was like more like I can't believe it. Like this is not true. All this stuff actually worked.
0: Yeah. So the, what's next?
2: Yeah. I was. I was well, I was whole, thinking like the whole time. Like uh, like everybody's coming up to you and stuff. And like I'm like, oh my gosh! This all this stuff actually worked. All these, all the times people said you got to believe in yourself. All those, all those trivial little things people say. I'm like, this stuff actually does work. And that, it was like I couldn't believe it. And I really. I don't know why, I I mean, I never, I didn't, I don't know if I didn't want to believe it, but it was almost like it turned into the goal of winning gold, but it ended up being, um, being more of a, a journey, you know? And that's why I try to tell people, I'm like, no, I'm not trying to get like, you know, all sappy about it, but it did, it turned into like a, a journey of, of, of um, overcoming things and, and enduring and then by the time I got to the point where it's like I actually won, it was like, don't get me wrong, I'm not, I'm not greedy. Like, you know, I look at it and I watch myself in video, and I was like, oh my gosh, you know. And people are like, oh, how did it feel? And I'm like, I can't even get into it because it's too much, you know. It's well, like, you said oh, the takeoff hobby- was off, like so, like
0: even like on your jump, like it. Yeah. Like, your takeoff was up, but you corrected, like, halfway yeah, through. Yeah, like, my body, like,
2: just totally self-corrected. It was, like, it was, it was not my best feeling jump at all. <laughs> I was over the bar coming down. And I crazy. might have brushed it a little with my shirt, but you know, after going over the bar thousands of times, like I did, it's like, you know, if you hit it hard enough for it, because sometimes it, it, it'll roll off, and you're like, you know. But I, uh, I knew I didn't hit it hard enough to displace it. But the thing was when Toby took his jump, I didn't see it, but I saw it later and he had like a lot of height on it and should have cleared it, but he hit it on the weight coming down and it rolled off just barely. I mean, he was, he was really jumping better than me that day. I was sort of, I mean, I was staying in my zone, but I, I kind of had to, you know, it was almost like I couldn't just rely on my physical ability. It was like, I had to rely on, well, physical ability I had, but at that point, everybody's sort of about the same. I had to, I had to, I had to overcome it some other way. And so I learned a different way to get there. It's like I didn't just lift weights. Like yeah, I did a lot of weights and everything else, but it was a it was just a whole entire um, mindset.
0: I was gonna say at that
2: level, everybody is so like you're
0: you're yeah, everybody's pretty close. Yeah, I mean you're physically, all oh, everybody is physically the same essentially. I yeah. mean that's Absolutely. so is I guess it's yeah, yeah. like the.
2: I've never heard it put that way. It's, it's the, it's the mental, like that mental it, little it edge. And, 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 and I tell people that a lot and I don't know how many people believe it, but I'm going to keep telling the kids that I coach and keep trying to instill some of these things, like continue your motivation. And I've, um, you know, set your goals and see them every day. And I know, and I tell them, I was like, look, I know it sounds easy. I know that it sounds basic. You don't see immediate results from it, but it works, you know? Who knows how long it takes? It's better than not seeing your goal. Let's just put it that way. You, you have a better chance than not seeing your goal. I mean, I did stuff like, the other thing was like trying to maintain my motivation. Like I would turn anything into about, into something about pole vaulting, you know? Um, I, 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 I pretty much just changed my life in, in, you know, towards this goal. And like, I would watch a movie and there was a movie, Any Given Sunday, I don't know if you saw that movie, football movie. But anyway, in there and I tell I tell a lot of people, I'm like, this is to the extent I took it. Like there was a scene in there where a football player before a game was like, you are the he looked at himself in the mirror before a football game and was like, You are the greatest wide receiver to ever live. And I was like watching it while I was eating and I kinda like dropped my forks and I was like, dude, you can do this to help you, you know. So I ran over <laughs> to the mirror and I was like, You are the greatest pole vaulter to ever live. And I was like dude. <laughs> I couldn't even say it with a straight face, you know what I mean? So it was like little things like that. And so I tried that for months just to kind of keep my motivation level up. And then one time I did it and I was like, I was the really greatest pole to ever live. And I was like, uh, Tim, I think you totally believe it now, you know? And I sat back down and I was like, don't, don't make a big deal out of it. You know, Just take it. And then I, so I would do that from time to time, little things like that. And I would see my goal every day. So it's like a combination of all these little things that developed into like a gold medal, and it's like and, and, and that's what I think people realize like, oh, they see me win the gold and they're like you must have just been an unbelievable athlete and stuff, and all this, and I was like, I can't even sometimes explain it. I mean, I know we're talking, I mean, we could talk for two hours, but um but but I did write a book, and hopefully that will come out soon i like three hundred pages, you know, I wrote nice everything, so um that's cool i i I hope to read it. What do you have a name yeah. for it yet? a title yet well, well gold in Athens um an olympic odyssey for now nice i'm nice. Just looking for an agent
0: cool cool well good luck with that
2: yeah no um, but um yeah it was, it was it was a an experience and i and i feel very fortunate to have been able to go through something like that so you talk you talked a lot about support um oh yeah family is family heavily involved family um heavily involved to the point where my parents didn't go tim you know you might you probably need to get a real job now you know <laughs> Never, they never told me that, luckily, because I was like, a, I was sort of like, I was like 27. I mean, normally people, you know, were getting married, starting their careers and stuff. And I'm like still just grinding it out on my own and trying to pole vault, you know, trying to chase some pipe dream at the time. And you no, know, I mean, my dad would always be like, hey, you need a couple bucks. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. But sure enough, a couple weeks later or a week later, a check in the, would arrive in the mail with like for like 200 bucks. And, you know, my mom would always give me grief. Well, why didn't you jump that high that, you know, but... <laughs> Dude, Come on, mom. You make sure I'm, I'm, I'm on my, you know, I'm doing what I have to do. And my family just thought it was cool. So I would, I could always go and hang out with my brothers and sisters. And they would, they would just think it was a cool thing because I mean, they were working their jobs and I was kind of like pole vaulting. And they would, and sometimes I would get free Nike stuff. So then they would, they would, they would get some free Nike stuff too. So Christmas, I would get everybody free Nike stuff over time because I would get like a, a like a, a certain amount to spend at the Nike store, and so I would just buy all the Christmas stuff at Nike. I loved it, so. but um, but they were there at the big meets. They were they were there to support me, and good or bad, you know. I mean, I hated to face them a lot of times because if I didn't do good, because I did a couple times, and I was like, oh my gosh, they came all the way out here, and I just totally made a fool out of myself. But they were just like, hey, you know, let's have a beer, let's have fun, or whatever. Like, let's just chill. And so it was great to be able to have family along the way too and 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 of course a lot of friends that would follow me around too. And so. you're married now, right? No. Not married now. Single. single. Okay. I am single still. So uh, yeah, I mean I pretty much um and that's what I mean. I was like I was twenty seven. I mean I was thirty one. I mean people usually have a have a family at that point and are halfway in their in their careers and I was made my first Olympic <laughs> But I kind of knew, like I sort of had to, so I I pretty much dedicated it. I did. I, I, I I, did. I dedicated my life to it, and you know, never too late,
0: though. So we'll see. Is it is your sister? I saw your picture on the wall at my eye doctor (laughs) like months ago, Gallagher. In, in Avon, and uh, you signed it. It was uh, the same thing I have somewhere around here. It that might you have been my sister-in-law.
2: Be no, I because I, I signed a lot of pictures them. And...
0: I, I would imagine, but uh, yeah. maybe it's your sister-in-law. Maybe they're, that's why I got it got it mixed up there.
2: They're floating around. They're <laughs> okay. Flo- okay. Those pictures are floating around somewhere.
0: Oh man, no, that's so. what that was what kind of reminded me. I was like, oh man, where's Mac? I think he's from Cleveland. I think Clint and Knoxville was telling me that I
2: yeah that's
0: the full circle thing there yeah yeah it's pretty
2: neat that yeah that's pretty neat that um i couldn't believe you were up here i was like what who's up here (laughs) (laughs) last time i saw you was under that gazebo i think over in that park doing that doing that 5k run or whatever it was The,
0: the superhero 5k yeah yeah right nice so uh john little backstory um Tim was coaching or, I guess, helping my buddy who I met in CrossFit when he was pole vaulting in the early 2000s. And then he was – one of the things I wanted to touch on, because he has this, like, D1 athlete mentality. like When he's training, you mean? Yes. There's a next level. Like, there's another (laughs) level. So, if there's any competition in it, like –
2: Oh, he's – yeah, it's like, came on, man.
0: So in, in like I, I didn't I never
2: had that. I'm like, yeah, go get it, dude. <laughs> so
0: it's, yeah, it's he, gets, he
2: gets he gets serious about that stuff. Yeah. Sometimes people even approach me, they're like, hey, are you still gonna pole vault? And I'm like, no, nah, I don't think so. Cause if I saw myself jump like thirteen feet, I would just be disgusted. <laughs> know what I mean And it takes a lot of like it would take a lot like well, I'm a little bit older now so I probably get hurt I probably blow out an Achilles or a hamstring and I don't need to be doing that right now but I'm like nah I think I'm pretty content with where I'm at you know I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it I don't need to fault anymore but even working out I find like I'll be in the weight room and I'm like if I'm doing something I'm like okay come on two more and I was like wait dude you know you go two more just set it, down, set it down stay healthy you're okay or if i <laughs> I'm like, come on, man. It's only only half more miles. Just let's finish it strong. And I'm like, dude, you don't have to finish it strong. Jog, you know? So weird. And I'm like, just, you don't have to do that anymore.
0: (laughs) So it's still a mental battle. It's still, it is a mental mental battle,
2: kind of like, yeah, because I'm like, I'll go lift weights and I see people like, you know, pushing it and stuff. I used to do, of course. And I'm like, "Ah, I can't do it anymore, you know? I like every single time it was like pushing myself like, to get one extra rep for like years on end, you know? And right now I'm like, you don't have to. It's like I was hardwired to do that. But now I, I'm like, dude, just work out for the fun of it, you know?
0: You're but, an Olympic gold medalist. <laughs> like, you don't yeah. have to. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I'm, no like, okay. one can take that from you. Like, just chill out, <laughs>
2: man. Okay. And so then I'm like, okay, everything's all right. I can just. I can I can run an easy mile instead of trying to finish strong or whatever but not that I'm saying people don't have to finish strong but I'm just saying for me
1: are you able to describe like we don't have a whole lot of pole vaulters that listen that probably listen to our podcast like yeah what 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 is it like I mean like that is a, that is an intense activity um, I ran track in high school but like it was a small school like
2: nobody pole vaulted like what is that experience well, obviously like? It's, it's it's different at different levels because like obviously if you're in, in high school or whatever, you're just trying to hold on and get over and be safe, you know. But um, in college it gets a little bit more fine tuned, you you know a little bit more of what you're doing. And then in the professional, like towards the end, it was it's just like um you know, you're you're bent in this pole and it's like seventeen feet long. And I yeah, mean and you're, those things sniped yeah, they snap. And luckily, I haven't snapped many. And people snap and, like, rip their hands. And sometimes they don't impale themselves, but the pole gets get in there. Or, you know, there's the other poor stories. But, but um, it, it's like as you're vaulting, it, it, you know, you after doing it so many times and after imagining it so many times, it just kind of becomes, like, one continuous. And one, one coach explains it as just like a continuous chain Where there's never a moment where you just relax. There's a moment where you're running with it, and when I was really feeling good, I'll just explain it at the top of my game. And it was like every single step I was taking, every 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 time I pushed into the ground, it was like a like lightning bolts. And I can be like my legs felt like lightning bolts, like smashing into the ground, and it was just propelling my body forward. But while you're running, you have to drop a pole at a, at a certain angle at a certain time. So I spent many years on trying to perfect that pole drop while I was accelerating. So when those two things are going, the pole's dropping and you're accelerating. So the pole's sort of like pulling you, you know, towards the box. And then when you jump and you put your arms up, um, everything has to happen perfectly. So your step, I mean, you have a little bit of range of uh, uh, margin of error, but for the most part, as soon as you jump off the ground, your hands are totally extended your right knee is totally extended and the pole is hitting the back of the box. Everything is happening immediately at the exact same moment. So you don't really feel much. You don't feel much because everything is just like working together. And then after you're off the ground and you're going, for me, it was like push my hands because you have to like, in pole vault, you have to like push your hands forward to get the pole going, vertical. And so I would, I would, I would push my hands forward. And basically it's like, if you're sitting in a chair and somebody like, you know, pulls the chair back, you know, of what you have to do but while pushing a pole forward so you're falling back you're pushing a pole forward and then you're getting totally upside down and the funny thing is I'm kind of I don't really like heights that much (laughs) but it happens so fast (laughs) a second and a half like I I don't like to go like cliff jumping and jumping out parachuting out of airplanes I mean I'm not I'm like I don't even want to do that but it happens so fast that um it almost happens automatically, and that's why I did a lot of gymnastic stuff, like getting upside down, so I knew where my body was in space, and I knew, and like it got to the point where I could almost be like, oh, my finger's not in the right spot, and I could just move a finger like, like that, you know. But but it was just moving with the pole. And then when you get upside down with the pole, when it's bent at ninety degrees, and that's you're, terrible. and it's unbending, and at the same time, see, you pull yourself like upside down like this, like you put pressure down the pole while it's unbending so you have like there's there's two forms of energy the energy from the pole and then you're actually pulling yourself at the same time so it's like tossing you you know real high and so it's just like you just feel like you're just getting blasted off and you're kind of like weightless and then next thing you know you're over the bar and you can make little adjustments here and there you know how you're going over the bar like like keeping your chest in so you don't you know push your chest out and hit the bar off but it's, it's it's really it's it's not really it's hard for your body but when you're doing when you're doing it right and everything hits just at the perfect amount of time that's why it takes so much time and most most of the time vaulters are are good after about or, or really hit their prime you know after about 10 years usually with the same coach in the same atmosphere you know 10 to 10 to 12 years and so I was with my coach for 10 years and, but it was like all of those things the gymnastics everything the sprinting the the, the running the sleds, everything just works together seamlessly and perfectly. So you're running with it and the pole seems weightless and you're dropping, but you're accelerating and it's helping you and it's pulling you and it's almost like sucking you off the ground. And it's really a, an unbelievable experience, but.
0: Makes me want to try pole vaulting.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just <laughs> machine at like Cedar Point, you know? Right. Just, and there's guys that like try to make these machines where they, this one guy, this is an old story. I don't know if it was like an old wives tale or what, but he <laughs> tied this rope from a pole and he had this big engine block. And so he had, if you put the rope over a pulley and, and put the an engine block on the other end and actually tried to make like a pole vault machine, so they would drop the engine block and it would like, and you would hold on and it would pull. Through. But if there could be like a pole vault machine, that would be pretty. And then it just kind of like shoots you in the air. That would be fun but but it's That's awesome like, like when you're growing up and you're doing it in eighth grade like when I was doing it you're just kind of like you know whooping over like six feet or something and you're just having fun you just want to get points for the team or whatever but right you know, like, but at the when it gets to be like you know when I got to, to the left I got to it was like um everything just starts to work perfectly and you can tell when one thing is out of place or if if your body is it some little thing isn't quite right, and so I mean, it gets pretty intense. It's pretty, it's a pretty involved, intense uh, uh, sport for sure It's
0: crazy. I pole vaulted for about a month in high school my junior year. How high'd you go? <laughs> I, I don't, six feet maybe, like. Hey man, that's not bad. <laughs> you gotta go six feet before they go seven or... I, I was immediately uh, shifted over to the 800 because because <laughs> okay, that's man, you go over there and run yeah you're uh not gonna get this so yeah <laughs> man that's cool though well man we've been talking for about an hour i don't want this zoom thing to cut us off so
2: okay thank wow, you. perfect that was fun yeah,
0: thank you so much. Anything else you want to add? Yeah, that was awesome. No,
2: nothing, nothing much. I mean, but if if you're going to do it again, let me know. We'll talk about I got all kinds of stories.
0: All right, and with that, we're going to wrap up this podcast. Tim, thank you so much. John, have a great day. And for anybody listening, if you have any questions at all about anything about the podcast, about what's coming up, or if you have any ideas, if you'd like us to talk to somebody, Feel free to let us know. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, You can find John and I on all of them. Just let us know. Thanks a lot, guys.